Hej och välkomna till prestationspodden. Jag heter Caroline Orbeli och jag driver den här podden för att sprida kunskap om stress. Och för att ta reda på hur presterar man och mår bra. Vill du ha prestationspoddens nyhetsbrev? Gå in på carolinnorbeli.com och signa upp. Ja, nu sitter jag här i bilen igen. Det är något kallt. Jag, jag har haft en rätt intensiv vecka då jag har barnen själv när min man är borta. Och det är ju också härligt att vara med barnen själv. Det har ni säkert upplevt. Det är på något sätt att man... Det blir mer koncentrerad uppmärksamhet och det gillar de ju. <laughs> Annars tycker jag att eh, ja, den här hösten för mig den är bra. Alltså fantastiskt med alla kunder och det går verkligen bra. Men eh, min mamma fyller 80 och min man fyller 50. Det är som ett stort ok över mig. <laughs> Och jag kommer ingen vart med det heller för att jag har ingen inspiration. Alltså mitt jobb är extremt kreativt. Coaching är extremt kreativt och podden är ju extremt kreativ. Så jag bara så här, lite stirrar fram, rakt fram <laughs> och kan inte göra någonting åt det. Och det närmar sig snart. Men hur som helst... Eh, ja. Jag tycker ju snart är det ju snart är det jul får man säga så. Det känns ju så. Det är ett vänt här på söndag. Och ni som har följt podden länge vet ju att ja men jag gillar ju såklart julen. Men jag tycker också att det är jobbigt. Jag är ju barn. Det finns någonting i det. Eh, att, eh, ja men också att hålla på att ja just det. Att man ska surva andra människor. Eh, var den tröttaste. Men liksom egenföretagare med två barn som driver ett företag. Så ska jag serva mina föräldrar som ja, är lediga om dagarna. Eh, det, men det blir en obalans. <laughs> Så jag tycker att det är klart jättemysigt. Och mina föräldrar är underbara precis som era. Men ja, ni vet det där. Alltså att man så här vrider, får vrida ur sig själv så. Jag gillar ju inte det. Um, men jag ska faktiskt försöka ta, förutom podden då, en hel vecka ledigt innan. Och nu när jag jobbar med mina kunder så det är där jag får lite kanske förståelse för vilka det är som lyssnar till podden. Och jag fattar att ni är högpresterande. Eh, många av er och, och driver på framåt och det som har slagit mig väldigt mycket på senaste är att vi har förmåga att skriva listor bocka av, köpa saker det är Black Week eh, folk har säkert fullt upp sitter på sina jobb och shoppar på Black Week och, vilket är sorgligt för den här världen men det vi borde göra istället är ha tacksamhet. Alltså det låter så himla banalt med det där ordet tacksamhet. Men att liksom vara i det ni har. Titta på saker och verkligen tycka om det. 
Alltså de, det ni har. Eller det ni, det ni lever med. Eller de ni lever med. Eller om ni inte lever med någon. Har ni kanske vänner att vara tacksam över. Börja odla tacksamhet. Alltså tvinga dig till det. För det kommer ju inte naturligt. Speciellt inte om man är en presterare. Om man vill liksom bocka av den där nya jackan. Den ska jag ha. Det här ska jag ha. Det här ska jag ha. Det här ska jag göra. Det här ska jag uppnå. Men alltså. Och det är ju inte heller några nyheter att. Men det är svårt att greppa att om man når den här posten på jobbet så blir man inte lyckligare. Man måste lära sig vara tacksam för att kunna bli lycklig och ta emot att man faktiskt har kommit någonstans. För det är inte alls så att jag vill att mina kunder ska sluta prestera. Men jag vill att de till exempel ska jobba med det där och... Och känna värme och glädje i varje steg de tar. Eh, och glädje för resultat. Och inte bara ticka på. Och att sätta sig ner och se över sin tacksamhet eh, är så viktigt. Alltså sätt dig ner med ett kopp te. Skriv ner hundra saker du är tacksam över. Alltså för att den här avundsjuken vi har också på varandra. Till exempel att vi blickar ut och folk verkar ha det så himla bra. Och på Instagram, de, eller Instagram eller vad man nu följer. Att folk, när de väl lägger upp något så är det ju en bild av någonting helt fantastiskt. Och vi förstår inte det även om vi är intelligenta vare sig. Så att därför börja blicka på det du har. Tänk på liksom rinnande vatten. Det har inte hela världen. Det är helt otroligt att du föddes i det här landet faktiskt. Och sen önskar jag ju också <laughs> att vi kunde ha lite mindre grejer. Men det är lätt för mig att säga för jag är något bohemisk eller vad man ska säga. Jag köper ju inte, alltså jag kan köpa dyra saker men jag köper inte många grejer. Och jag tänker mycket på världen för det hänger ju ihop väldigt mycket. Um, och just nu, jag, jag gillar inte den här tiden för att konsumtionshetsen är ju ännu större. Jag oroar mig så mycket för världen. Jag förstår inte hur det här ska gå. Um, så bidra i det lilla. Köp något riktigt dyrt istället. Uh, en riktigt dyr present till den du ska köpa. Alltså, istället för att allt det här slänget som man håller på med och... Uh, jag antar att ni också är lite så. Gud, nu, nu kan det hända att jag går från ämne till ämne. <laughs> Men ah, det får bli så. Jag försöker prata från hjärtat. Lite inspirerad av Yoga Girl. Ni men att, eh, att man känner sig bara helt tom av all den här konsumtionen. Man känner sig inte gladare när man har köpt en jacka. Det är, två, det är inte ens två sekunder för mig. Eh, hur fin den här jackan är. Det är inte det som förfyller mig. Och jag tror inte det är det för dig som lyssnar heller. Utan vi måste lära oss att vara tacksamma. Så tacksamma. för Och när man känner den tacksamheten. Jag är övertygad på, om att det börjar växa. För man skapar inte framgång i, ett, i en tom känsla. Framgång... Man kan ju göra det men det är inte behåll, man behåller inte den framgången. Man behöver känna sig, känna sig bra, energirik, eh, fylld. Så. 
Min coaching är ju öppen. Det finns platser. Men framförallt så tycker jag om du vill göra förändring. Att du ska kontakta mig nu inför nästa år. För att eh, det kan bli så att jag blir fullbokad. Är det så att du vill på något sätt skapa en förändring? Kan det vara prestationskrav? Att du känner dig tom? Att du vill bli mer levande? Att du känner dig avstängd? Eh, du vill bli mer fri och lycklig och trivas på jobbet och trivas i relationer så är du jättevälkommen att eh, gå in på carolinorbilly.com där du kan läsa lite mer om hur jag tänker eh, och boka ett kostnadsfritt möte med mig helt enkelt. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Jag har i det här avsnittet verkligen blottat mig eller vad man ska säga. Alltså, jag har ju kört den här intervjun på engelska och grejen den. Jag är bättre än vad, som, än vad det låter <laughs> i den här intervjun. Jag, jag är bara otroligt dålig på att slå om sådär för man har pratat svenska och liksom ska man helt plötsligt eh, börja tänka på engelska så tittar och coachat kanske fem personer innan det här mötet. Så det blir lite så här. det blir som det blir och jag kommer nog få en, flera kallduschar när jag lyssnar till avsnittet när jag ska skriva om det senare. Men i alla fall, varför jag gjorde det är för att intervjuade en otroligt härlig person, Lindsay Hedenskog, som driver LAMB, Anti-Burnout Space. Och 
Jag har varit där och kommer vara där mer på det stället. Och om jag tycker att vi lyssnar till intervjun så ska ni få reda på vad det är. Så lyssna till Lindsay Hedenskog. Welcome to Prestationspodden, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. Where are you from? I mean, the listener can hear that you speak English. Yes, apologies for diverting off the Swedish agenda. I, um, I'm from Philadelphia, outside Philadelphia originally in the United States. Oh. But I've lived in Sweden for 12 years. Mm. And I do speak Swedish, but I find when talking about lamb, it's so much easier to express my <laughs> true feelings and thoughts when I speak in English. So, How do you cope with the darkness here? Oh, dude, the truth is, is that I think it's quite cozy. I'm from outside Philadelphia, so we have winters too. It doesn't get this dark this early, nee. but um, but I'm a big I'm a big candle lighter and uh, yeah. and uh, someone for cozying up under a blanket on the couch. So I I don't mind it so much. Nee. I also travel every at the end of every winter somewhere warm. Mm. It's the only way to survive. Oh. We're planning on Good going tip. to Costa Rica this year. I'm sure everybody else has oh. already figured it out. <laughs> yeah, are you going with the holy crap? No, no. I'm no, no I'm not. But I saw that uh. they're going to be there uh. around the same time we're planning on going. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the the new place. It's the yeah. the new Thailand. Exactly. <laughs> for sweet. for s- spiritual people. Yes. Sort of. Uh. Why did you move to Sweden? I met a man. Mm. So I was working as a journalist in Bangkok and living there. And um, and I went to Hong Kong for a weekend and ended up meeting my now husband. Mm. And uh, we bumped into each other on a staircase. I was my friend Alana's wingwoman. And I was tasked with talking to Dennis so she could talk to his friend. And uh, we hit it off. And I moved to Sweden about, boy, like six months after we met. Just why not see how this goes? Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I approach my life <laughs> in general. That's a good approach. Things happen. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so tell the audience what are you working with now? Well, I'm the CEO and co-founder of mm. a members club called Lamb, and we opened in May on Drottninggatan, and we are the first anti-burnout space. And we are a members club and a co-working space. And the whole idea is that we try and provide everything under one roof that is going to help you manage life's challenges and life's stresses so that you don't get sick with stress, so that you don't burn out. That's why it's the anti-burnout space. We're trying to equip people with the tools so that stress doesn't get on top of you and make you sick. Mm, That is so good. Um. And what did you do before? Oh, wow. Well, I've had a couple careers. (laughs) I started out as a journalist. I worked for the Associated Press in New York and then got transferred to Bangkok and then gave it up when I moved to Sweden. I couldn't, I really had hoped to continue being a journalist when I moved here, but uh, I didn't speak Swedish when I moved, so it was Mm. impossible. So Mm. I, I joined the dark side and started working in marketing and branding and doing English copywriting. And I worked as a consultant for about 10 years and I did, um, I got to work on some really fun projects. I, I got to work for some big brands like Jay Lindeberg and Absolute Vodka, H&M, Nikon, Volvo. Mm. I got to be uh, one of the lead creatives on the global Ikea catalog. So I did my 
my weekly commuting down to Malmo and Elmholt. <laughs> so I'm very familiar with those areas. And then, uh, and then I wanted to see what it would be like to join a scale up because I am somebody who thrives in an environment where everything is possible. So I joined the fintech company Tink when there were only 50 people and they just pivoted to B2B and enjoyed a year and a half there as the head of content before I left to start Lamb. Hmm. Oh, that is, uh, you have done a lot since you came here. <laughs> <laughs> I packed it in with my 12 years. But what I neglected to tell you is that when I first moved here, I had a job. Uh, I had a job when I moved working in communications and uh, and didn't like it at all. So I, I left and I ended up uh, getting my master's degree. And that took a year. And, and I realized halfway through the master's program that it wasn't going to be very useful for me. But I pers- persevered and kept going on. And then after that, it was about 2012 when I graduated. And Stockholm was a really different place. It wasn't as international as it is now. And the demand for what I could do, English copywriting and branding consultancy and things like that, there wasn't any demand for it. You know, the businesses that I was coming in contact with, you know, they, they weren't looking for it now. Mm. I mean, you just go on LinkedIn and every ad is for an English copywriter. And now there is not a, no demand for Swedish copywriter. No, exactly. Because um. every, every brand wants to go global. Oh. Every brand knows that the Swedish market's too small. So they're looking for that global appeal. Mm. But in 2012, they weren't. And I couldn't find, I couldn't find work. There was so f- few and far between and I didn't have a network in Stockholm you know I knew my husband and I knew some of his friends but they weren't sort of plugged in to to the businesses that I really needed to appeal to and I was really lost I felt really outside the society I was struggling to learn the language I I had some friends but we kind of created our own band of of girls from America and Canada and Mm. UK outside the society <laughs> outside oh. and we didn't have access to the right connections and everything that gets done in Stockholm gets done because of connections and relationships and so I went through a kind of a dark period where I was really struggling I did so many random jobs I was a tour guide so I would greet the cruise ships that came in <laughs> at Slussen like just outside Slussen and I would be on the the tour bus and I would be the one in the front with the microphone going like on your left is the Royal Palace. It burnt (laughs) down in 1758 and la 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 la. So for years I had all this crazy facts about Sweden and I would get asked at parties about all kinds of stuff. (laughs) And then I also worked in a coffee shop and made cappuccinos and tried to desperately to talk to people in Swedish. And it was a real low point because Mm. I was 30 and I was working in a coffee shop And I just felt like, what happened? What happened to my life? I have all these skills. I I have these talents. I was, you know, I worked for this amazing news organization. And my life, basically, my whole career had to start over again when mm. I moved to Sweden. And it was really hard. And a lot of those experiences, um, you know, sort of feed into what we've tried to create at Lamb in a lot of ways. Because that is a a really difficult experience where you struggle with your identity in a lot of ways. And I knew exactly what I needed that I didn't get at that time. And part of LAM is trying to help provide people with 
those connections and those relationships that are going to make the things that they want to accomplish and that they're capable of achieving and have the skills to achieve possible. Hmm. Oh, so that's where the thought of lamb came from. In part. In part, yeah. I mean, the big thought around lamb came from, you know, I had, I've sort of been on this personal growth journey for the last 20 years. Mm. And I worked with, I've worked with this therapist and coach in the States. Her name's Cindy and she's just the most incredible woman. Mm. Has absolutely changed my life in every way possible. And I started working with her in my early 20s before I moved to Sweden. That was when I was living in New York and trying to make it work there (laughs) and living on somebody's futon and working at a magazine for $8 an hour nine to five and then waiting tables at a sushi restaurant in Times Square until 2 a.m. to try and make ends meet. (laughs) And I was really unhappy and I really didn't like myself. And a lot of the things that I had experienced in childhood or in adolescence Mm. that we all experience, those little hurts, those traumas, they started to surface in destructive ways. And I made a lot of really bad choices that made me extremely unhappy and I started working Based with her. Based on your traumas. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, that's how it is. Exactly. That's what I see in my clients. I mean, uh, it's, everything is based on, oh, not everything, but, l- but a lot. almost everything, uh, uh, right? It's the blueprint for how you react to mm, things or how mm. you perceive situations. It's mm. the filter through which you see the world or make decisions. And when your filter's broken... The way you see the world and make decisions is not going to be the healthiest until you do the work to heal the trauma and then things start to turn around. And and I went through this really difficult period of having to confront a lot of hurts and traumas and things that I had held on to from childhood. And again, this is what everybody experiences. Mm-hmm. Like My childhood is not unique or exceptional. I didn't go through anything so traumatizing in the sense that people think of when you think of trauma. It was a normal kid growing up in a suburban house with two parents. And, you know, there was stuff that happened. But, you know, as I went through and started unearthing a lot of this stuff and working on why is this triggering me and what is this that's hurting me and how do I heal that so I can move on so it doesn't trigger me anymore, I started realizing that You know, it's a little bit, we're sort of set up to fail in a lot of ways because the things that I was learning with her, how to manage my feelings in a healthy way, how to own my 50% and not go into somebody else's 50% or try and manage their feelings, how to set healthy boundaries, how to feel empowered, Mm -hmm. how to listen to your intuition, all of these things, they were all brand new skills. Yeah. My parents didn't teach them to me. I didn't learn them in school. And that is horrible. Nobody we, does. And, uh, we could. Uh, why do we have needle in school? We could change oh, that to sewing. Sewing. Ah. Why? Why? Ah. I don't understand. Or like woodworking. Don't get me wrong. I loved woodworking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but the guy without the finger home. teaching the class terrified me, but ah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. But I change it to personal development. Personal instead. development. Ah. Feelings management. Yeah. You know, s- stress management. Whatever mm. it is. Mm. And I'm, as I was going through this process, I just realized like, wow, the shit really does roll downhill. You know, your parents, mm. they don't know how to deal with it because they weren't taught by their parents. And then they give you a broken set of tools or none 
without knowing it, without being intentional. You know, the best parents can can do this because they don't have the tools themselves. And it made me look at my experience in childhood from a much more compassionate and sympathetic way and just sort of understanding that, look, if you're not taught how to do this, you're not going to know and you're going to find other ways of coping. And those other ways of coping might not be healthy. And And I spent 10 years thinking about this. Like, why is this so hard? Watching my friends struggle with different things, watching mm. them resist talking to somebody like a coach or a therapist, resisting the deep work, but finding themselves in these struggles and not being able to manage the challenge. And it just kind of kept building and building and building. And then I went to work for this tech company and and I loved my experience there and it was fantastic. But it's also, especially in a pressure cooker environment like that, I was working for this tech company. They were in a scale up phase. They were taking in lots of money. The pressure was on. They really needed to prove that that they had the right traction in order to basically win all these different markets. I mean, everybody was under an immense amount of pressure. And when Mm -hmm. you're in an environment where everybody is under that pressure, you really see the cracks. And for me, it was observing, wow, imagine how different this work environment would be if everybody knew how, like this basic toolbox of how to manage things, Mm -hmm. how to manage stress, how to communicate in a healthy way, Mm -hmm. how to stop a conversation when you're having a feeling or you're being triggered by something so that you can go manage yourself you know, sort of owning your own part of things Mm -hmm. and understanding that people are people and they're going to make their own choice, all this stuff. And, and it was also during the Trump presidency where I was going, my God, if this grown ass man learned how to manage his own damn feelings, the world would be a much better place. Mm. And it just reached a point where I thought, okay, I think I have some ideas about how we might be able to package this and help give people access to these tools in a little Mm. bit of a simpler way. And so that's my motivation for Lamb. And then when I met Julia, my co-founder, she was very passionate about community and very passionate about creating an environment where like-minded people would come together. She was feeling like she was in a stage of her life where she was a bit alone and she was a bit feeling like she wanted to make new friends, more meaningful connections that were going to fill her up in a different way. And she was struggling to find those people and wasn't even sure where to start looking and was just generally feeling a little bit sort of unfulfilled by the personal relationships. And so her passion for community and my passion for this, you know, creating a way of giving people access to these tools Mm. when it came together, it came together as lamb. Why do you think people or Swedes are that stressed. Oh, I think it's everybody, but I think we I think we've created I think we've created some beautiful things when it comes to technology, but I think that it's also broken mm. our relationship with ourselves and each other in a lot of yeah. ways. And I don't think it's just technology, but I think that we're very what the technology does is it distracts us it distracts us from ourselves and our relationship. And I think that it, it puts such a big focus on work that we have trouble disconnecting. And I also think that the sort of emergence of 
these big high growth companies that everybody wants, like especially in Stockholm that everybody wants to work for. I can't speak to the rest of the country. I don't have the experience, but especially in Stockholm, you know, the tech scene is, this is where everybody wants to work. And the expectations are, are, to be honest, quite unreasonable for what can be achieved in a short amount of time. And these are the most talented, incredible people, the -hmm. most capable people in the world, but they're killing themselves to achieve something that's almost impossible. And it's beautiful how close they get and it's beautiful what they create, but it's making us sick. And I think a bigger part of it is that life is moving a lot faster now. There's a lot more choice. There's a lot more there's a lot more data for us to take in sort of in every aspect of our life, you know, like going online and buying a pair of shoes, like, you know, going and buying a pair of shoes is, is really complicated now because there's Sick. so many millions of choices and uh, all, I hate and that's that. just, it's just one small uh, example, right? I uh, mean, you don't even know what you're looking for when you have that many choices. No, no, no. I ask my best friend all the time. Should I have this? <laughs> Should I wear this? You because want I to make the decision. Uh, because it's, it's a, it just poops you out. I, I mean, I don't have time. No. And oh. when you're given a million choices for every decision that you can make, mm. it becomes really, really hard because it drains your energy. It takes away that bandwidth that you have for the important things in life. And it's easy to expend your energy on those things because they're small fry. Mm. The what What we need to move toward is thinking about that sort of energy that we have as like a gasoline tank and you only have X number of units a day and everything that you do during the day is going to drain that tank. But there's also things that you can do to add more gas in the tank during the day so that when you go home at night, you don't end up at zero because being at zero is having no padding. It's, it's having no patience. It's snapping it's not being able to manage a simple situation. It's coming home and getting pissed off at your partner or your kid. It's crashing in bed and sleeping poorly because you have too much on your mind. And I think one of the big things that we're trying to do at LAM is create those opportunities, those small opportunities to fill that tank up just a little bit every day, you know? And it's, it's all based on sort of the, what science says helps us manage stress in a better way and it's things like meditation and breath work it's things like physical exercise it's things like being creative using your hands mm-hmm. meeting other people and making meaningful connection doing work that fills you with purpose being in a calm and nurturing environment where you feel supported and safe all of those things help fill your tank up a little bit mm-hmm. and if you can do those things every single day just a little bit, 10, 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be big stuff. And you can fit it into your day. Mm. So you're not trying to squeeze it into your personal time when you're at home and you're trying to be with your family or you're trying to be give yourself some personal time. If you can squeeze it in during your day, then you have that experience every day of, I'm not going to let my tank get to zero. I'm going to fill myself up. I'm going to give this myself that good. resilience mm. so that I can handle the challenges. Because we can't handle the challenges when it's zero. Mm. But how do you fill, fill up yourself? I mean, you meet a lot of people and I, as a coach, know that, that uh, I mean, if uh, you have energy when you start, you're probably tired in the afternoon. Uh, how do yes. you fill it up? Well, the good thing is, is that I have an incredibly 
a social extroverted co-founder mm. who absolutely loves meeting people and is incredible at creating those relationships. <laughs> yeah. I'm an introvert. Mm. I am the doer who likes sitting at my computer and getting things done. So I'm really, after years of learning the hard way, I'm very tough about managing my calendar. And I, on every day, <laughs> sounds so OCD, but on every day, I only allow myself a certain amount of hours to meetings. And for me, my limit's three hours a day. I can't do more than three hours of meetings. That is good. I, I just uh, know myself. Uh, I can do three hours beyond that. I, I really start to, I'm too drained. My it. tank goes to zero. Uh, and knowing it's that... It's because you give a lot, I think. I I think so too. I'm not I'm not really good at the passive conversation where ne, I'm just ne. sitting there and not I mean if I'm in it, I'm engaged. I'm 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 American. I'm mm. like full force ahead. Like I can't, I can't help it. Um so for me like three hours a day is is max. And then I have days where I don't schedule any meetings at mm. all. And I just my calendar is blocked and I'm not available mm. so that I can do that sort of heads down work. Because that It sounds antisocial, but for me, I'm an introvert. So being with, I don't sound like an introvert. No. And every, I know everybody mm. was always surprised. But about I understand it, but. that you can be. You can be both. Mm. I mean, yeah. But you know that generally interacting with other people mm. takes energy from me, even if it does give me some in other ways. So I just try and be. Um, I just try and be careful and protective of that. And then I meditate every night before I go to bed. Mm. And that helps me turn off my mind. Mm -hmm. I read this amazing sleep book, um, Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep. Mm, and um, it really changed the way I looked at uh, ah. at how I how I sleep. And now I try and be a bit more protective of, of that time and making sure that it's quality. So I meditate before I go to sleep and it's a nice way to unwind because I have trouble turning off. You know, me like too. I think about lamb... I'm just, I'm so obnoxious because mm. I just like have such a one track mind. I like can't help it, but I'm just always thinking about it. And that for me is like a good like turning off. Otherwise, you know, I can wake up in the middle of the night with ideas and I have to get up and write things down. Mm. So it helps. And, and then, the same. Tick, 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 tick. It's, just, it's, it's, it's never stops. It's like a hamster mm. in the wheel. Mm. <laughs> well, how do you, like, I don't know. I don't know how to stop that. That's something I'm struggling with. Mm. How do I draw that boundary and just be like, okay, my work time is over. Now it's my personal time. You know, I'm there. I'm with my husband I'm with my daughter or I'm with my friends, but some like in the back of my head, it's still going. Somehow I think we just have to accept how we are. Cause I think you are a doer and you have like a purpose sort of, I asked you before we turned on the, Have you always knew that you would create something this big? And you had. So yeah. some it's like ticking inside you. Yeah. You can't turn that, that off. But if you start to accept, accept it yeah. and also maybe have like a ritual mm. and uh, say goodbye to work before yeah. you get into your uh, your family life. It's, That's a good idea. Mm. Like instead of just leaving the office by throwing the computer mm. in the bag and heading out the door. Light a candle, say Ooh. thank you and walk walk home. Like closing oh. the book. I will start to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, That's wonderful. Mm, I think 
because we don't really understand. We just keep on ticking. Exactly. It's like a missile. Like it's it's mm. going. It's moving at its own speed. You couldn't stop it if you tried. No. <laughs> Sometimes that's how I feel. Yeah. And I, I just think, God, I must be just obnoxious to live with, with uh, my husband. Did you, oh, did you wake up in night in the middle of night or last uh, night? Are you or do you always? No, I'm pretty good. I'm a good sleeper, mm. but when I'm, I'm a, also a big problem solver and a fixer. Mm. Um, so I have trouble letting go of something when I'm looking for a solution. And the interesting thing is, is that. I didn't really understand this before, but I've sort of gotten better at looking at it in a different way. But, you know, I I have a pretty strong intuition. Mm. It took me a long time to learn how to trust that because I think the logical brain says this is an impulse, right? Like that, and, and t- switching that percep- perception that it's not an impulse, it's my inner wisdom telling me something was really powerful for me. And so it's funny because when it came to coming up with all the ideas of lamb, because, you know, I knew I had this big idea. I wanted to, how do I give people the, how do I create something that will give people the tools to help them manage, manage life's challenges. And so I would wake up like in the early days when I was starting to come up with the ideas and, and talking to Julia, I would wake up in the morning early. It would be like clockwork, like five o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. And like come out of a half sleep with an idea already. So like the idea came while I was still half sleeping and then I would wake up and be like, oh, that's it. And so now I don't, I used to get really stressed about that, like waking up with thinking about work or things because I had this in my head that, oh no, that's a bad thing. It means I'm not turning off. I'm getting bad sleep. I'm going to be tired, Mm. et cetera. But now I, I look at it as a really good thing because it means that my brain figured something out and it's like delivering this like mm. done idea, mm. like ching, the cake's done and mm. like the oven opens and here's the idea fully baked. And so now I kind of welcome it when it does happen. So it happened the other night. I've been working on a challenging situation and, uh, and I woke up and the idea was there. Mm, cool. And, and it was, it was, it was done. And then I just needed to get it on paper. Hmm. And so kind of like when that happens now, because it's a really satisfying moment, even if it happens at three o'clock in the morning. Mm. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I mean, lamb is a large investment. Yes. Mm. And uh, has it been scary? And if so, what scares you? It is absolutely the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> and that includes having a child. <laughs> <laughs> Everything at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Because it's like, it's like having a child, but bigger and scarier and more people are dependent on it and you. Mm. And I think that the hard part is that you're living with both realities at the same time. On the one hand, you realize that you can't, not build this. You have this idea. It feels so strong. You've gotten a certain amount of validation in whatever way you need it in order to know that this is something you want to take a chance on. And then you can't turn back. because, And especially me, because I'm somebody who I want to experience as much out of this life as I can. You know, that was it was funny. That was one of my motivations for having a kid. I wasn't really sure that I wanted to have children. I was actually pretty sure that I didn't want to have children, but I thought the thing that cinched it for me was here's this essential human experience that everyone the world over does over and over again. There's something to this and I have to know what this feels like. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I did it because it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I love my daughter so much. My life was, I can't imagine her it without her. Yeah, I understand. I, I wasn't felt- so happy about having children either when I, I mean, I wasn't ready. I, I, I think no. <laughs> probably. When I was 35, you? but uh, I wasn't ready either. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I don't know that you're ever ready. Nah. And I felt the same way about starting the business. Like, okay, this is really scary. And, and I have absolutely no idea how it's going to change my life, but I have to find out. I have to try. If I don't, I don't want to live with that kind of regret. Mm. So on the one hand, you've got this total certainty that this is a risk you have to take. But on the other hand... I've never taken a risk like this in my whole life. I mean, the money, the lease, you know, we have 700 square meters and a five-year lease and we have rented all this furniture and we have taken out, you know, furniture lease that both Julia and I are personally liable for. And like, we've tried to minimize risk as much as possible and been as scrappy as we could in terms of keeping the budget low. But we funded this ourselves and with help from friends and family. So we don't have any outside investors and the risk of starting something like this and having the kind of expenses that we have because it's a physical space and knowing that from the minute you open the doors, the clock is ticking Mm. and you have to get people in and you have to sort of show them and, and inspire them and, and somehow paint the picture of how their life will be different by being a part of this community and this space. And 
you want to do that from heart space and you want to do it from a calm space. But then there's the other part that's like, sure. hello, <gasps> get, oh in get in here now. <laughs> so you're sort of constantly trying to, to balance the fear and manage mm -hmm. that fear. Because if you let the fear consume you, you can't move. You'll nee. get paralyzed. And there have been moments where we have been paralyzed. Paralyzed. A hundred percent. Where we are just like, okay, um, I got nothing. Like I, like to the point of panic. Mm. And I think this is something that, that entrepreneurs don't talk nearly enough about. Nee. Be because, I mean, you're building something that nobody built before. That's why you're building it. Exactly. And... As such, there are no rules. It's not like, okay, follow these 250 steps and you'll have a profitable, sustainable business. You're figuring everything out and you're trying to do it in a smart way. You're trying not to reinvent the wheel. But at the same time, what you're building is reinventing some wheel. And so not, not knowing what the right decision is because there is no right decision and just having to try things and listen to your gut and try and make the right decision mm -hmm. at the time is the best that you can do. And I mean, you make mistakes and some mistakes are small and you just go, Oh God, that was stupid. Uh, okay. Lesson learned for next time. Mm -hmm. And then some mistakes are big and expensive and painful. And those are like the big lessons mm -hmm. and they happen for a reason. But when you're going through them, it's just, agony and you're like god why did i do this mm -hmm. and then on the flip side you have the biggest highs in the whole world like yesterday i did a sound healing uh one of our teachers sophie does weekly sound healing in our gym mm -hmm. down and it's this wonderful warm cozy room with amazing acoustics and there were mm -hmm. 15 it was a full house sold out class 15 people in this room and she's doing the crystal bowls and she's guiding us through a meditation and and she starts singing and and then there's this moment where she asks you to open up your heart and sort of whisper silently to yourself something that you're really grateful for and you're not supposed to do this but I opened my eyes and I looked around and I just I don't have words to describe what yeah. it feels like to look around that room and to see all of these people who are going into themselves and checking in and healing and doing whatever they can to fill themselves up so they're ready for life's messy, <laughs> messy challenges. And I just, I just started, like I started tearing up because mm. I think in a lot of ways, like I struggle to wrap my head around what we built it feels sometimes too big to understand that we've created this big safe warm container of people who are absolutely the most amazing people i've ever met in my whole life just smart and funny and world beating and trying to change things and working on themselves and so generous and kind and just I cannot believe that I get to spend every day with these people mm. and that we've succeeded in attracting these absolutely amazing members. And I think just like those moments for me are like the biggest high. Mm. 
because then you realize like okay all this stuff that we're doing all the risk that we're taking like mm. this is why why i ask you about the risk is because many of my listeners they want to do a change in their life and because perhaps they are uh, too stressed or uh, maybe uh, burned out and that's why i ask you because I know because some of them are my customers and they are just afraid of just what you have done. So you are sort of an example how you go through this and continue. Mm. And I mean, the only thing that I can say is every change requires a leap of faith of Mm. some kind. And that's the scariest part. It's not... It's not the... um, it's not the day to day. It's not the, that every plotting step that you take towards your goal, because that's what it is. It Mm. is just one step at a time. And, but it's that it's, it's having the faith to take the leap in the first place. That's the hardest because that's the thing that requires you to believe in yourself and believe that you have the capability and believe that even if you don't know everything that you'll figure it out. And it's, I kind of think about, I really like when I picture that leap, I actually picture like flying through the air with your, with your arms, like pinwheeling and not really knowing where you're going to land. And it's having that faith when you're in midair and your arms are pinwheeling and you're going, Oh my God, what did I do? I'm so stupid. But having that faith that you're going to land on your feet and you're going to land in the right place. I mean, I'm a big believer in the universe and everything happening for a reason and that if you pay attention to signs necessarily but what is in alignment with you or out of alignment and that's sort of like checking in with that inner wisdom that I talked about earlier Mm. if you can do that work of checking in with that inner wisdom and you can read some of the signs is it pointing to you taking this leap or not or are there roadblocks? Are there things that are standing in your way? Mm. If you can get to a point where it's pretty clear ahead of you and you know in your inner wisdom that this is the right leap, then the only thing to do is just to to do it because you will figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And did you discuss this with your coach? Or Oh, yeah. Oh, so. I mean, all of this. Oh. I mean, I still talk to her on a weekly basis. Mm. So, I mean, <laughs> so I'm getting help she, all the time to manage. Not- getting rid of you (laughs) no way she can't if she tried but i think it's you know i think it's interesting because i think the the hard thing about the leap is that sometimes the thing that you want the most is not necessarily the thing that's in alignment with you exactly and i think that that is the difficult thing sometimes to discern Mm. for us i it's almost like a storm in you gets quiet And for me, it felt like I just felt this clarity. Okay, this is the thing that I'm supposed to do. And I got signs from the universe, help. You know, I got, um, we got some breaks. We got some, we got some confirmation that the idea had solid ground. You know, I found Julia. You know, to be honest with you, I was ready to build a digital version of Lamb by myself, but I was scared and I was stuck 
I was so stuck. And then I met Julia and she had the same vision that I did and she wanted to take the risk and she wanted to take this big leap. And for me, that was a huge sign in the universe, from the universe that, okay, I'm going to give you the backup that you need to go pursue this. Mm. But if there had been a roadblock, like not finding Julia or me desperately seeking a co-founder just so I would have somebody to start some version of Lamb with... And it didn't really feel like the right fit, but I wanted it so desperately I went anyway. That's moving in a direction that's not in alignment with you. And so it's sort of discerning that difference because the best thing about believing in the universe and believing that everything happens for a reason is that when you do the things that are in alignment with you, you can't fail. You'll make mistakes. Not everything's going to go great. It's not going to be smooth sailing. You're still going to go on this crazy winding path and you're going to be scared and things are going to go wrong. Uh. But overall, you'll be going in the right direction. Mm. And I think that's the thing. If you can find that alignment, that's, that's my faith to take the leap when I feel that alignment. It's sort of hard to describe, but when you know it, I think, no, no, I think they will understand. What do you believe stops people from living a happy and relaxed life? Oh, that's a very big question. <laughs> <laughs> But if we can talk about it. Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, I think it's broken belief systems. And this is this is part of that work of sort of unpacking stuff that happens in your childhood. You know, we're mm-hmm. all exposed to these belief systems as kids we adopt them and we take them on because we're susceptible to that when we're young but are your parents very surprised where you are today i don't know you have to ask them i don't uh, think my mom is i think my stepdad doesn't really understand nah. what i'm doing nah. <laughs> but my mom is incredibly supportive oh like great incredibly supportive um and that feels really good and i don't think she's surprised at all mm. um But um, but I think it's broken belief systems. I think that we are all walking around with them without necessarily being aware of it. And it can be anything from people should act like this. The world should be this way. I should be this person. Relationships should look like this. I'm not good enough. Yes. Oh. I'm not good enough. Yeah, mm. exactly. And those belief systems fuel the thoughts in our head and when you start to believe those thoughts and turn them into fact and own them it only reinforces those belief systems and in all honesty i think that is a big reason why we're not happy why we're stressed Mm. we're sort of feeding ourselves a steady diet of junk Mm. and we're never taught that those belief systems aren't real You just take it as fact. You take it as gospel. It took me such a long time to figure out that I could choose to hold on to a belief system or let it go. And that was such a freeing thing for me. And it was really hard too because they're very ingrained. They're very, I mean, and the path is worn very deep inside. It's very important that you are aligned most of the time. If you can't, if you... If you don't want to believe the 
the bad thoughts. Yes. And so that's another reason to take care of yourself. I mean, the thing you were talking about in the beginning, which was very good that you just have three meetings a day and, and, um, and meditation and stuff like that, because then you are more aligned Mm. with yourself and you have the energy and then those thoughts, the negative thoughts aren't coming as often. No. Well, because they're not triggered in the same way. And then the other thing about the tools, you know, like meditation is a great example, you know, meditation, sound healing, uh, you know, breath work, all that stuff. It's all about having that moment where you gain an awareness of what's going on in your head. And it goes back to a little bit what we were talking about before. We live these really distracted lives and the tape in our head is playing on repeat without us really realizing what it's saying. And so you're getting this, this dialogue constantly that you're never questioning. And those tools, the, a lot of the stuff that we have at LAM is meant to be that sort of first line of defense. If you can gain an awareness and get into a state where you can take one step away and observe your thoughts instead of owning them and embodying them mm. and go, oh, that's interesting. I'm thinking that I'm a big fat failure. Mm. Just that step away from it to observe it instead of owning I'm a big fat failure is so powerful because it takes the energetic charge out of it. It takes the power out of it and it makes you realize, oh, wow, why am I thinking that? That's terrible. Like, that's not actually true. Mm. And you stop it from becoming a part of your inner dialogue. Exactly. Uh, it's very important. Mm. I think it, the problem is that many people are up in their heads because we're taught to be that instead of in your heart or in yeah. your body or whatever you will call it. And to describe the difference, it's quite, it's hard. Yeah. You, mu- you must experience it. Yeah. But the truth is, I, I think about it like this, and it's only been recently that I've kind of f- sort of figured it out. And uh, it makes sense to me, and I don't know if it makes sense to anybody else, but that almost like all, when you're in your head, it's almost like all of your energy is concentrated yeah. in the top <laughs> half of your head. It's like you're exploding. Yeah. In, uh, totally. It's, it's just like uh, a lot going on. Uh, it's like uh, heavy. Mm. There's a mass there. <laughs> there's a weight there. Uh. And then imagining that that awareness, that center of thought dropping down into your heart and into your body instead. And just, there's my arm. There's my leg. I have an itch. I need to pee. Just Mm -hmm. that is like, okay, now we have disconnected from that crazy brain that just wants to go, 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 go. And now we're back in our body. It's just that alone is that practice of disconnecting and becoming aware of the difference between okay, this is my thinking brain, this is my body, Mm. this is my heart, this is the other part of me that makes this whole thing go. And you could argue, maybe an even more important part. The mobile makes it more difficult to stay in our bodies. Because, I mean, when you go through Instagram or whatever you're watching, I mean, you're up in your head. Well, you're not just up in your head. You're up in your head and your focus is outside of you. Mm. And that's the dangerous thing uh, about the distraction. Mm. Because the 
focus ends up outside of you. And it's true, whether it's with your mobile or your computer or meetings or Mm -hmm. somebody coming up to your desk because they have a question for you and that question needs to be answered right this minute and it doesn't really matter what you're doing and they're not really aware of it and they don't mean to be mean, but they need an answer to their question. All of that is about the focus being outside of you. And we are terrible at giving it away. We just give it away. We give away our focus to our, all of our devices, to everybody outside mm. of us. And it means that, that we don't turn it around and think about, what do I need? What is going to make me feel good? What, what does my body need right now? Does it need a glass of water? Does it need to move? Does it need to rest? Mm. Does it need connection? We don't ask ourselves those questions. So we don't know how to feed ourselves in the right way. And this is how we get sick with stress because with our focus, you know, it's like uh, being on autopilot. There's nobody driving the plane. It's just flying. And until we figure out how to take the throttle back and drive our own plane and go, no, I'm going to go here and then I'm going to do this Mm. and I need this. And start asking ourselves those questions. We're we're not going to solve this crisis of stress that we're living with. Many uh, of my listeners, as I said, are dreaming of doing something new in their life, and um, maybe they're searching for their purpose or just doing something else than being where they are. Do you have any tip for them? Such a good question. Oh. <laughs> I think I think that my answer is not going to be a popular one. Mm. That I, is good. I think, <laughs> I think that part of the journey of being a human being is getting to a stage in your life where you're ready to do the deep work. And the deep work is a lot of what we talked about doing the healing, doing that introspection, understanding yourself and your role with your, with your own relationship with yourself, with your relationship with other people. We all have stuff that needs healing, stuff that needs excavating, stuff we're holding on to that doesn't serve us. The hard thing is I think everybody should go find their purpose I think everybody should take that leap of faith. But the problem is, is that without the deep work, it very often ends up that you take the wrong leap and delay Mm. the healing, delay the chance for happiness because the things that are driving you are based on hurts and traumas and things like that. Mm. So my answer is that I think the first step to making any kind of change is, is doing the work and looking at how you interact with the world and seeing if there are things that can be not fixed, but healed Mm. because it's all unintentional. It's all, And we're all sub, there's not a single person on the planet who doesn't have this work to do. 
Some of us have a lot more. Some of us have a lot less. The sooner you start, the less you have. That's the good news. <laughs> and it's a lifelong journey. So there's no point at which I'm cured. Woo! It's like, it's like cleaning your house and being like, all right, sweet. I'm done. Mm. Never cleaning my house again. Mm. It's kind of a practice, but mm. you, you have to be able to dig up enough of the junk that's clogging and clouding the way that you're moving through the world oh, in order so to true. get the clarity and to feel the alignment when it happens. Mm. Because with all that other junk in there, you're not going to feel the alignment when it happens. It's hard to get to that place. It's very hard because then you're stuck in your head and then you miss out. So it's yeah. a very, very good tip. Go and <laughs> search for a coach. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, and, and a big part of it is like the coach is one part. Uh I think that, you know, our approach at LAM to this is sort of trying to, I, we know that this is not an easy journey because we've been on it ourselves. It's, it's scary. It's something that you embark on with a little bit of trepidation, a little bit of fear, a little bit of resistance because it's scary lifting that lid and seeing what's in there. Because most of us, we spend our whole lives burying it real deep. And covering it up and patting it down and like, nope, that doesn't exist. Goodbye. And then, of course, it surfaces anyway. Mm. But we know that this is a tough journey. So what we've tried to do is craft an experience that allows you to start it in the sort of softest, most comfortable way possible, where we we sort of have these different tiers of offerings. You know, like a lot of the classes that we offer, they're like a really good first step into gaining that awareness and starting to check in with yourself. That's the first step to all of this, gaining that awareness, being willing to look inside. And then we have sessions that go a little bit deeper. And then we have coaches and practitioners and things like that who'll do the group work or the one-on-one -on -one work. And then when you get down to that one-on-one, -on -one, you know, but, but it's a journey to get down there, right? It's, mm. you want to feel safe. You're, you want to feel like, you're moving in the right direction and 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 for some people going straight to starting with a coach works great for other people yeah. it helps to take some smaller steps especially if you're younger i believe yeah uh, but yeah, you can is. also um, rent like um uh, a room yes yeah and you can record um podcasts yes oh. so we have um we have a bunch of services for people who are creating their own thing mm. so we have a healing room with a massage bench that people can rent if they want to do reiki treatments or massage or mm. shamanic healing or uh, energy healing things like that we have coaching rooms so when coaches want to do one-on-one -on -one sessions with their clients we have we have rooms for that mm. we have a podcast studio we have a gym we have infrared saunas we have meditation rooms they're earth wind and fire because it's fun to be able to name things whatever you want to mm. <laughs> they're based on the elements mm. um so we have a lot of these different things that mm. are sort of geared toward helping you find that balance and pursue that passion of yours it's a fantastic place and uh, they might if you go if um, the listeners are visiting they might see me there oh, oh. i hope so <laughs> huh? i hope so yeah 
Mm. We want to have that friendly face around our halls. <laughs> exactly. If uh, they want to find you at Instagram, what's your Instagram uh, address? So we are at Belamco, B-E-L-A-M-B-C-O. And if you want to find us online, it's belam.com. And there you can book a free tour. And if you follow us on Instagram, you will get a free day pass to come try out Lamb for yourself. Bring your laptop, try the gym, try a retreat room, enjoy, mm. see oh. how it feels. Nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.